Welcome to the September 13th, 2022 podcast of Wisdom Today. Hello, my name is Bill Kelly. I'll be your host today. Today we'll be going over Proverb 13. But before we begin, let's open in prayer. Father God, I thank you for anyone listening to this podcast today. Lord, I pray that you would open their ears to hear and their heart to receive what you have in store for them today. Lord, I pray you would give them revelation of how much Jesus truly loves them. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Proverb 13, beginning in verse 1. A wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. A man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the unfaithful feeds on violence. He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. The soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. A righteous man hates lying, but a wicked man is loathsome and comes to shame. Righteousness guards him whose way is blameless but wickedness overthrows the sinner. There is one who makes himself rich, yet has nothing, and one who makes himself poor, yet has great riches. The ransom of a man's life is his riches, but the poor does not hear rebuke. The light of the righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked will be put out. By pride comes nothing but strife, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished, but he who gathers by labor will increase. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. He who despises the word will be destroyed, but he who fears the commandment will be rewarded. The law of the wise is a fountain of life, to turn one away from the snares of death. Good understanding gains favor, but the way of the unfaithful is hard. Every prudent man acts with knowledge, but a fool lays open his folly. A wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a faithful ambassador brings health. Poverty and shame will come to him who disdains correction, but he who regards a rebuke will be honored. A desire accomplished is sweet to the soul, but it is an abomination to fools to depart from evil. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Evil pursues sinners. But to the righteous, good shall be repaid. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Much food is in the fallow ground of the poor, and for lack of justice there is waste. He who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. The righteous eats to the satisfaction of his soul, 
but the stomach of the wicked shall be in want. Friends, I have a treat for you today. I have a special friend of mine, Sydney, who is a fellow second-year student at Karis Bible College. She's been such a blessing this year to me and uh, my wife and to a lot of first-year students. But anyway, Sydney, what I'd like to do is thank you for coming on board with us today. And we just read Proverbs 13. Is there a particular verse that speaks out to you? Yes, uh, I really liked Proverbs thirteen fourteen, and it says, uh, The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. And I really like it because um, how it describes wisdom as a fountain of life, and how, and it says to depart from it is the snare of death, and shows how like when you're not being wise, or making good decisions, it's a snare, it's a trap. And it made me think of how um, a trap is something that you don't see coming. And so it's like when you're, maybe you don't even think it's that big of a deal, but when you're not being wise, you're setting yourself up for a trap. And so that just really stuck out to me as something to uh, think about. I honestly um, never really thought about it that way, but then when it said the uh, it's a snare, it just, like jumped out at me as something like, wow, not being wise is <laughs> really dangerous. Anyway, that's that's such a good point. And I'm going to go back to John 10.10. 10. It says, for the thief comes, but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And I've talked about this on a number of times on my podcast already. But Satan is going to do anything he can to enter into your life and to, to try to deceive you in any way you can. So my gosh, Sydney, that's a great point you bring up. What I'd like to do is I know a number of people listening today do not know exactly who you are. Please tell us a little bit about your upbringing and what you remember about your childhood. Yeah, so I had a pretty uh, fun upbringing. Um, I come from a family of nine kids. Uh, five boys, four girls. I'm the oldest girl, number four in the lineup. Uh, I grew up on, on the East Coast. Uh, we moved about 15 times. Um, so yeah, I traveled a lot. Um, I grew up a Christian. I became saved when I was like uh, six years old, I want to say. And uh, kind of grew up in a lot of legalism and stuff like that, as a lot of people have. Uh, yeah, I've always just been kind of a very creative child. I've always loved color and glitter and, <laughs> and things like that. But yeah, it's all about me. <laughs> okay, wow, that's great. You know, it's one thing to um, to give your life to Jesus. And it's interesting that you say you were only six years old. But when did you fully come to the realization of how much Jesus truly loves you? Yeah, so honestly... I didn't really get a revelation of that until I was in my late teens because, as I was saying before, I grew up in the churches we went to. Um, they taught a lot of legalism. So I kind of thought that God um, loved me because that, you know, it's very ingrained to you in Sunday school and stuff that God loves you. But I didn't really think that God liked me, you know. And so um, it was also just a lot of based on um your performance. So I thought that maybe God loves me right now, but then if I do something wrong, then all of a sudden he's not loving me right now. I thought it was a very 
conditional relationship. And so when I um, be, was like 19 or 18 or 19, um, I start, we had left a church and I started listening to other sermons and things like that. And I started listening to Andrew Womack Ministries. And um, it's funny because the series was about um, killing the sacred cows. So not exactly something you would associate with God's love, but um, it talked a lot about killing the sacred cows of religion. And in religion, there's a lot of like behavior modification. It's a lot of doing things in order for God to love you. So that really started me on this journey and got me to realize that God doesn't just love me. God likes me and his love is never has and never will be based on uh, anything that I do. Wow. You know, you bring up such a good point. I think there are many people who consider themselves Christians and know, even people who do not know God, I still believe a lot of people, even though they've never taken that step to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, inherently know that God loves them. But I think you bring up a terrific point. Many people have never come to the realization that Jesus also likes them. And that is what makes our religion, if you want to call it religion, to me religion is a cuss word. I don't even like that word. I don't like using it. But I'll tell you, it's just the fact that Christianity, and Christianity means Christ in me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he is in us. But the fact that you bring, that is, it's just an awesome point. He really does like us. So what made you come to Karis? I know you mentioned Andrew briefly, but tell us about your experience and how the Lord called you to come to Karis. Yeah, so um, kind of picking up from that same spot, um, I was probably like 18 when I started listening, and what basically happened was um, I graduated from high school a year late um, for several reasons. Uh, lots of people in my family got sick within like three months of each other. Um, and like I said, I have a big family. So my mom was going to the doctor's office probably once a week. And so um, it was just a lot. And some of it was my own laziness, but um, trying to help my mom, that sl slowed my schoolwork down a lot. So um, when I graduated, I kind of had um, an identity crisis. I just didn't know what I was going to do. And um, I didn't realize how that was sort of going to college was like a foundation or something I was going to stand on until it was not there. And so seeing all my friends go off to school and me graduating a year late was very like um, shaking for my identity. And so um, and also at that time, people love to ask young people, what are you gonna do next? What are you gonna do next? And so when you don't know what to do, it can cause a lot of anxiety. And so um, I remember I just kept internally worrying and worrying about it until I got to the point where I started to make myself sick from the worry. And um, thank goodness I had started listening to Andrew. And so um, I started, even though I didn't fully understand it, I started to, um, take authority over my sickness and I was like this is crazy like can't live my life like this because they even told me that um I had like some type of fungus that was just basically eating all my energy up and so um I kept praying and every time I would talk to the Lord uh, I started reading find follow and fulfill God's will by Andrew and um I would ask the Lord and he would say wait and I was like okay 
So it was a while. It was like a year or two where I just kept hearing wait. And so I just worked different odd end jobs. And then one day I was in the kitchen, not even like praying or anything like that. And then the Holy Spirit just spoke to me, uh, go to Bible school. And I was kind of really shocked because every time before it was just wait, wait, wait. But now it was finally, okay, you can do something. And I think it was because the Lord really needed to kind of get that wanting the security of going to school out of me before I could go to the next step. So then that's how I um, started uh, Karis Online for the first year. And then I transferred to Colorado uh, last fall to go to school. Wow, that is so good. And one thing I just have to bring up with what you said is the worry aspect. Yeah. And I'm going to go to Philippians 4.6 because I know many listeners who are listening to this podcast today, I believe this is speaking to you. But Philippians 4.6, I like what it says in the New Living Translation. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. That is an awesome scripture, and I'm believing that speaks to many in my audience today. Sydney, I'd like to uh, just go uh, change gears just a little bit. Mm -hmm. My wife and I took first semester online, and we have just completed the first year. But being here at Karis is so, so much better than doing this online. I know that you have met the love of your life here. I know we talk about Karis Bridal College. Many people kind of make fun of Karis because how many people actually get engaged here and actually get married. But tell us a little bit about that relationship and you coming here second year. How has that impacted your life? Yeah, it's definitely uh, been a big impact. Um, so me and Giuseppe, we met probably in September, I want to say. Um, and uh, it was nothing, there weren't like any instant sparks flying or anything dramatic like that. But um, we were just friends at first. Although I do remember um, one thing he said to me was that um, he liked that I talked fast, <laughs> which I thought was really funny because I people tell me all the time that sometimes it's hard to understand me because I when I get excited I, and animated, I tend to speak very fast. And so he was like, oh, I like that about you. And I was like, huh, that's kind of weird. Um, and so then, yeah, we were just friends at first. Um, and then around my birthday, um, yeah, it was exactly my birthday, actually. Um, he uh, told me that he liked me and he wanted to get to know me more. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I was not expecting that. And um, I, had, I told him I would think about it. And um, which I know is probably not fun for him. Um, and so then it was a Saturday. And so I was like, it's my birthday. I don't want to think about it. So I'm going to wait till Sunday. And then um, when it was Sunday, I was like, it's still Sunday. I still want to think about it because I want to rest. Um, but then I was like, OK, I'll think about it a little bit. And so then when I thought about it, like immediately the Holy Spirit gave me peace. And I was kind of like, this is too easy. Like, I don't know why in my mind, I thought I was going to have to like really fast and pray and really like dig deep and think about it. But um, I was like, okay, I don't know. I'm going to wait one more day still. But then um, at school the next day, uh, during worship, uh, the Holy Spirit told me two things. He told me, 
You can't make decisions out of fear, whether to be with him or not be with him. You can't do either one out of fear, because you knew that there was some fear there, because this is my actually my uh, first relationship. Um, and um, he told me, you can do it and don't be afraid. And so I was kind of like, really? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, so I have to do it? And he told me, no, you don't have to, but it would be like a good choice. And so I think I thought that was so interesting because sometimes people make it seem like there's only absolutely one person in the world. And if you don't pick that person, that's it. You're messed up for life. But the Holy Spirit was like, yes, you can pick them, but, you know, you don't have to. And so that was like, whoa. Um, and so then, yeah, we dated and talked for uh, about a month after that. Then we officially got in a relationship uh, right at the end of the school semester. And so, yeah, it's definitely been, it's been great, but uh, it definitely has its challenges. Um, like I said, it's my first relationship. Also, it showed me, it definitely, being in a relationship definitely exposes, like, things about yourself that you don't notice because it's you until you have another person who's trying to um, walk with you, you know, be in accordance with you. And so I realized how, like, independent I was. And also, like I said, being the oldest sister, some of that do-it-myself mentality. And so he would sometimes be like, you need to let me do things for you. And that was weird for me. And also just on a spiritual level, like receiving help from people. I had a problem. I mean, I'm working on it, but learning to receive help from people and how it's not um, weakness or being needy just because you need help. And that was probably one of the biggest things um, I feel like we had to work through was learning that. Okay, wow, you, you bring up so many good points, but one thing I, I, I want to just toss in here is the person she's talking about, her boyfriend, go back to May 10th if you have not yet heard his testimony, because then I think if you make this connection, you'll sit there and see, yes, these two people are definitely meant to be together. That brings me to Ecclesiastes, and King Solomon, who wrote Ecclesiastes, is so clear on this, but he talks about a triangle and how the man and the woman are at the bottom and you both are looking up to God. Tell me how important is it for you that God or Jesus is the head of your union and how that's going to affect your uh, relationship moving forward? That's the main thing, honestly, because, I mean, honestly, if it wasn't for the Lord, we wouldn't be in a relationship because I wasn't even looking for a relationship. I was like, I told him while we were friends that <laughs> I'm not really feeling like we're going to, I'm not going to be in a relationship. But then I also told him that I feel like God is saying I'm going to be in a relationship soon. So that was really funny. But um, it's the number one thing because when you have those um clashing personalities in certain areas um you need the lord to show you what's your fault in this situation and also how to communicate that to that person because he's way more uh, he's way better at expressing his emotions and like uh confronting things i tend to um not want to hurt people's feelings to um to the point where it's bad that i just keep things in and internalize things and so that was a big stretch for me that the lord had to show me was how to um express my thoughts and express my real feelings um and so yeah if you don't have the lord that stuff is really hard to do i can't imagine trying to be in a relationship without god because when you need wisdom he's the one who gives you the wisdom for the situation and he's the one 
who tells you, hey, you need to actually talk about this, or maybe on his side, hey, don't bring this up yet. And so it's so important. Well, you know, Sydney, it's really, really been um, fun having you on, and our, our time is running out. There's one more thing I really would like for you to speak to. What really has blessed me this year is watching you when we have praise and worship. And I can tell whenever we have praise and worship, you are just so filled with the Spirit of God. It just blesses everyone around you. Please speak to that and how important praise and worship is to you. Yeah, that's super, super, super important to me. Um, I wasn't as much when I was younger, I mean, because of the churches we grew up in, as expressive when it came to worship before. But as things just happened in my life, when I hear songs, it's almost like it just bubbles up inside you and I can't contain it. And um, I heard this one person, she was a video on YouTube and she was crying as she was singing. And she expressed it so well. She said, like, the truth that you know is over so overwhelming, your emotions just start to express it. And that's so true for me, especially some of the songs, because I was, um, I got really sick at one time, and there were certain songs that we sang at school that were songs that I listened to when I was sick. And so whenever I think back to those songs, I'm getting emotional now, whenever I think back to those songs and how the Lord comforted me during that time, it, like now, it just, I can't even describe it. And so when I sing those songs, it just, it's like the Lord, it's, the Lord is right there with me, and I have to just express it. Okay, Sydney, thank you again, and I'm just going to add on to that because I feel the audience needs to hear this too. Someone out there needs to hear this. There's a scripture that says God inhabits the praises of his people. So my encouragement to anyone listening to this podcast, if you are in despair, if you are in depression, for any reason, praise the Lord. Sing praises to him, just open up to him, and if you start singing to him, God is going to come in and meet you exactly where you're at. I will never close a podcast without giving anyone an opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. If there's anyone listening and you've never taken that step, I ask you repeat a simple prayer after me today. Father God, thank you for sending Jesus down to earth. Jesus, thank you for coming down to earth and living an example, an exemplary life, an example for all of us to follow. And yet, even though you lived 33 years on this earth, you never chose to sin. And yet, you were willing to die on a cross so that we would be forgiven of all of our sins, past present, and future. Jesus, thank you for saving me. I invite you into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. Sydney, thanks for coming on. We'll be in touch again next year. Now, I will close with a blessing. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I ask you, join me again tomorrow as we further explore wisdom today.